Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking him for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralysed, suffering, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. When soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, James. Well, do please take your seats. Let's just bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd come by your Spirit, that you'd help me to speak, and that you'd give us all ears to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. The picture on your um, service sheets asks the question, who do you listen to? Who do you take authority from? Who do you look up to? And of course, when we were children, young children especially, we all looked to our parents, quite rightly. They were the right authority to look to. But as we grew up, Maybe some teachers became authority figures for us. Maybe later on, lecturers at university, bosses at work. And then more generally, the law, the government, the police, whoever. We take authority from many different places through our lives. But in our culture today, there's a bit of an issue about authority. A lot of people are suspicious of authority, of authority figures. People say, oh... We don't trust the politicians, perhaps quite rightly sometimes. People say, some people say, well, I don't trust the police. Some say, I don't trust the council, the social services. I don't trust this, that and the other. There's a suspicion of authority figures. And yet there are two things to say about that. Firstly, all of us, when the chips are down, when things are difficult, when things are going wrong, we crave authority. I bet the people who were on that flight into Gatwick a few weeks ago where one of the wheel undercarriages hadn't come down, I bet they were really glad to take authority from the cabin crew and the the, uh, team on board. I bet you none of them said, "Hmm, I don't feel like taking up the brace position for this landing. I bet they were glad to have people telling them what to do before the plane touched down. Our daughter Kylie was... Uh, out in the bush, uh, she's a vet nurse in South Africa. She was out in the bush a couple of years ago with, and she, they had a student vet with them and also her boss, the senior vet of the practice. And the boss had just darted a cheetah and 
The cheetah was lying on the ground. Kylie and the student vet were approaching the cheetah to administer some medication when the cheetah completely unexpectedly stood up and stared at them. And Kylie was very relieved when she heard two words coming from behind her. Don't move. The words of her boss, the senior vet. He was the authority in that situation. And although every fibre of her body said, run, run, get away, the authority, the right authority had told her, don't move. And they didn't. And they just watched the cheetah, and the cheetah watched them, and then it lay down on the ground, went back to sleep, and they were able to carry out the medication. So we all crave authority. And when London's burning and there's rioters on the streets, we say, don't we, where are the police? Where's the army? We want this, we want an end put to this. We, we crave authority. The second thing is that if we think we can live without authority, then really we're just deluding ourselves because we all put our trust in something, even if it's not an obvious authority figure. We may trust self-help books. We may trust celebrities. We may trust sporting heroes. We may trust Google I mean, we, we, we go to Google for a lot of things, don't we? We all put our trust in something. The only question is, is it the right thing to come under the authority of? And the good news is that in this gospel passage this morning from Matthew about the healing of the centurion servant, we learn the answer to one of the most important questions in life, which is, who should we listen to? Whose authority should we come under? So let's turn to that and just have a look. It's on page 972 in the Church Bibles. Um, And the uh, passage itself is in your service sheets, if you don't have a Bible with you. But the context is really important, because Jesus has just completed the Sermon on the Mount, what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, his greatest teaching ever. When words like, love your enemy, like, turn the other cheek, words, the greatest words that have fallen from human lips have just been spoken by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And the last two verses of that in the previous chapter say, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. Even though Jesus had been given no formal authority by anybody in his culture, in his society, people who heard him recognised a divine authority in the way that he spoke and what he said. And then just after that, he bumps into a leper. And the leper says, would you heal me? Lord, if you're willing, would you make me clean? And Jesus reaches out his hand and he commands the disease to leave. He says, be clean. He uses his authority to heal the leper. And the next thing that happens is our gospel reading today when the centurion comes up to him and asks for his help. And he says, Lord, my servant lies at home, paralysed, suffering terribly. And this is an extraordinary thing. You don't realise how extraordinary this is. The centurion is a senior Roman military figure. Not very senior, but he's in command of 100 men. He's he's a, a military officer. The Romans are in charge of the country of Israel. He's an authority figure, if anyone is. And here he is, the first word he uses when he addresses Jesus is Lord. 
And the only person in that culture, in that society, you were allowed to call Lord was Caesar himself. Caesar is Lord was the mantra. Everybody was taught that from this high up to adulthood. Caesar is Lord. If the Roman centurion had been heard saying that by any of his colleagues, he would have been arrested for treason. But he calls Jesus Lord because he recognises something in Jesus about his authority. And he says, Lord, my servant lies at home, paralysed, suffering terribly. And Jesus says to him, well, shall I come and heal him? And Jesus has an incredible authority because his authority is not an authority that forces. It's an authority that invites. So often Jesus asks a question of the person he's dealing with. Here he says, shall I come and heal him? Five chapters later to a blind man, he says, do you believe I can heal you? And five chapters after that to two other men, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And in John chapter 5, with the, the, um, the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, he says, do you want me to, do, would you like to get well? Jesus, his authority is always invitational. It's never forceful. And the centurion replies, Lord, I don't deserve to come under your roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed, for I'm a man with authority myself. I say to my soldiers, do this, and they, and they do it. Jesus recognises that, Je- sorry, the centurion recognises that Jesus has the authority to command healing when he's not even present with the sick person in the same way that he knows he can command his soldiers, just by a word. And Jesus is amazed. That's what it says in verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Because he'd never come across faith like this. This is the first time in the Gospels, and perhaps the last time, I haven't checked through, that somebody recognises that Jesus has such power and authority that he could heal someone who wasn't even present to him. He was amazed. And he goes on to explain that this kind of faith is faith that leads to salvation. He says in verse 11, I say that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This is the kind of faith that is salvation faith. But on the other hand, Jesus says, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside. What's he saying here? Well, he says first of all that many will come from the east and the west and what he means is, People from countries that aren't Israel. And this centurion represents the first Gentile, really, that Jesus has declared salvation over. But he says many more will come to believe in him and put his trust in them. While many of the Israelites who believed they were God's people will be thrown outside into the darkness. Why? Because they refuse to acknowledge the authority of Jesus. As C.S. Lewis says, we can reject God all our lives. We can tell God week after week, I don't want you in my life. I don't want God in my life. Month after month, year after year, all our lives, we can say, I don't want God in my life. And if we do that right to the very end, God is very gracious and he simply says, your will be done. It's not unfair. He's completely just. He says, your will be done. And so Jesus says to the centurion, because of his great faith, go, let it be done as you believed it would. And the servant was healed at that moment. 
So why should we come under the authority of Jesus? Why should we put ourselves under his authority? And I think there are two really good reasons. Firstly, it's only if we put our trust in Jesus and come under his authority that we will know what it is to have the power of God's Holy Spirit active and alive in us. Do you know that because of this account of the centurion, Christians for 2,000 years have believed that when we pray in faith for people who are sick, who are remote from us, that those prayers can be effective, that Jesus still has the authority to heal them even though he's not physically present by the power of his Holy Spirit working with the faith of believers. Do you know, I, I, I printed off a couple of emails because I love to remember this incident from last year. I was sitting in my study at, it's, I can see at the top, 11.19 on Tuesday the 8th of April, when an email dropped into my inbox. And it was from Laura, who hosts our home group, and it was to the to the home group and it said this hi everyone I just spoke to my friend Tracy who comes to St Matthew's that's one of the kids church mums and she's very upset as her friend is in hospital on life support and they're planning to switch off the life support today please can you all pray for a miracle the lady's name is Adriana she's 43 years old and we gather she had young children and the background is that they weren't switching the life support machine off because she was better they were switching it off and they'd called the family in because they'd run out of things to do and they expected that she would die and and I sat there and I looked at this email I thought what can I do I felt so insignificant I felt so I didn't didn't all I could do was pray and then I looked at my watch I realized it was just 20 past 11 and that the connect meeting was still going on in the chapel here so I came across and I brought the email with me and I read it out to the ladies who were in the Connect meeting and I said, look, could we pray for this woman? And they said, of course. And, and so they got praying. We, we found some others and they got praying. At 6.23 in the evening, sorry, I get emotional with this, I got this email. Hi, Pads. Just had a message from Tracy saying, keep praying as there's been a change and they're not turning off the life support. And you know, three months ago, Adriana came into St. Matthew's and thanked us for our prayers. And last week I heard, just after we got back from South Africa, that she's just returned to work, fully recovered. And as Christians, as Christians, we believe in a God who answers prayers, a God who has come to earth in the person of his son Jesus Christ, who has gone to the cross and taken all of our sin, all of the rubbish in our lives, and paid the price in order that we can be forgiven and set free and put right with God. And that when we do that, we have the power of his Holy Spirit in our lives. And he hears our prayers And he's not a slot machine. He doesn't do everything we ask for. But our prayers are effective. He answers our prayers. So the first reason, the first reason that we should put our trust in him and come under his authority is that only then will we know the power of God 
moving in our lives. And the second reason is what Jesus has already said in the passage, that he holds the keys to the kingdom. He holds the keys to eternal life or spiritual death. And the fact of the matter is that whether we acknowledge him or not, he is the authority of the whole world. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So supposing we're just recognizing that now and, we, and we're asking ourselves, well, how do I come under his authority? What do I have to do? Well, at one level it's very simple. We just have to get on our knees and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to come under your authority. I want to only do what you want me to do. I don't want to play God anymore. I want you to be my authority for life. In a more formal way, we can come to baptism where we say the same thing. And in two weeks' time, two of our young people at St. Matthew's are going to be baptised in, in a big pool that's going to be sitting over here on my left at the six o'clock evening service. Please do put it in your diaries and come along and support those two young people because it'll be a wonderful service. They're going to be baptised. But the point is this. As they go under the water, they're signifying that they're saying, they're putting an end to all the other things they've taken authority from. They're they're dying to, to all those other things. And that as they come up out of the water, they're rising to new life in Christ. Jesus is their Lord. That's what it means. And so baptism... If there's anyone here today who hasn't been baptised and would like to get baptised and publicly declare that Jesus is your Lord, then let me know. You can still join the baptism preparation sessions. Let me know after the service. Also, there might be one or two who were baptised as infants but would like to affirm your baptismal vows through the water, going under the water and coming up. And if that's the case, come and see me after the service and let me know because we'd love for you to do that. But there may be some people here this morning who are thinking, well, I hear what you say, Pads, but I've still got questions. I'm not sure about all of that. And if that's you, then I invite you to join our Alpha course on Tuesday night. It starts on Tuesday night at 7.45 at Lee Close in Southcote. Um, I'll be taking the group. And you can come along and you can ask anything you like. Um, It doesn't matter what questions you have. And hopefully you'll find some answers there. It's a a wonderful thing to do. I'm going to very briefly um, ask Alan, would you mind just coming out and answering a couple of questions? Yeah, about the Alpha course. Would you you mind? Sorry, I've put Alan on the spot there. But I just wanted to ask someone who went on the last course. um, Don't rush. Just take it easy. I just wanted to ask someone who came on the last course, um, to just say a couple of words. Um, I'll, I'll, you just have to answer my questions, Alan. You don't have to think up anything. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, before you came on the course, when you first came to St. Matthew's, it was a bit, bit over a year ago, perhaps something like that, okay, you were having quite a struggle, weren't was, you? Yeah. Why, why was that? Well, I just lost my wife, to tell you the truth, and... Mm-hmm. I blame right. God for taking her away, so he was getting a lot of trouble from me. That's right, that's and, right. And uh, I heard about your Alpha course, and mm-hmm. I worried and worried. I was the oldest one, as you know. 
and uh, I managed to get the courage up to come on it, and yeah. it was marvellous. It was, it was, Alan, I, I, as, as you mentioned yourself, there were people there of all ages. We had t- teenagers right exactly, through, right yeah. through to, to people yeah. of your age. But how did you find the course? How did you get on with it? Fantastic. It was so relaxed. Mm-hmm. And when we arrived, we had a cup of tea and a cake, as you know. And then yeah. we sat and had a chat, and then you took our mm-hmm. lesson for us, and then we had a break. And then we had a, mm-hmm. another chat again mm-hmm. before we eventually finished about 10 o'clock. Okay. Usually it overran because we were all talking. <laughs> and Alan, finally, what, what, what difference has that made to you? To me, marvellous difference, marvellous mm-hmm. difference. I think I've made the breakthrough that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a completely different chap to when I started a year ago on Fantastic. that. Alan, yeah. thank you so much for coming up. That Thanks was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. And just... Just in conclusion. We all look to some authority in our lives. But I believe the real authority of the world is Jesus Christ. He offers us eternal life instead of spiritual death. He offers us spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-empowered living instead of chasing after whatever it is, materialism, celebrity, whatever comfort, whatever it is. And Jesus is gracious enough to leave the decision to us. Amen.